Hello, friends. Welcome back to the Heart and Hustle podcast. I'm Jill Piard. And I'm Charisma O'Keefe, and we are here every week talking to you about business, balance, and so many other things regarding entrepreneurship. Um, if you have been a longtime listener, thank you for tuning in. Uh, it's been many, many years at this point, so we're just so appreciative that you're still here. And if you are new, there is a wealth of knowledge from all the amazing people that we have had on this podcast that you can go back and listen to, and we've covered just about a million and one topics. So, and we'll be covering. Many, many more heading into 2024, which I'm excited about. Yeah, we are back. Uh, this is like our second episode since our revamp. So we're we're going through it strong into 2024, not leave you bored and entertained. But this week, we obviously can't end the year without talking about our favorite things. Shout out to Oprah for bringing this into our lives. She will ever be grateful for Oprah for our favorite things. So that's what we're going to get into. Yeah, every year we share our favorite things on the podcast with you, and we kind of just pick a variety of different topics and tell you what our favorites are. There's no, like, hard rule with this. Like, sometimes it's, like, our favorite thing that actually came out in 2023, and then sometimes it's just, like, our favorite thing that, like, we kind of experienced for the first time in 2023. So it's kind of going to be, like, a mixed bag, but we will start out with uh, books. So... Finding Me by Viola Davis was fantastic. I don't. I think it either came out early this year or like late it, last it was this year for early sure. Early this year, okay. um, it ruined it a, a lot of year. people's lives. Um, yeah, it was really. It took me longer to read it than I thought it would because, like, typically if I'm anticipating a book coming out, I will literally schedule like the day it comes out off if I can, or if not, like the day after, the day after that, and I'll like read it all in one day because that's just like how I am. But I couldn't do that with this book because it was very heavy, like very, very, very heavy. So it was really good and it made me love her. And I actually like I had the book and the audiobook, and I ended up like listening to the audiobook more just because she's obviously like a fantastic performer and she's performing her own book. She's reading her own book, her own story. So that was fantastic and amazing to read. It was like the childhood stuff was like really hard to get through. Once that stuff was through, it was was a lot easier. And I don't mean hard to get through as in like it wasn't well written. It wasn't important. It was just traumatic. You know what I mean? So it was like a lot, a lot, a lot of trauma in her childhood. But you can understand a bit like. Oprah was shook by Viola Davis's trauma in their interview. And Oprah has had a very traumatic life. So for Viola Davis's trauma to like give this sort of reaction out of Oprah, that is all I need to know that I was not mentally prepared for this book this year. Maybe next year. Right. And it's so funny because like the second half of the year, I couldn't have read this book because I was a lot better like mentally the first half of the year than the second half. I was fine the second half, but it's just like, everything was trash, not just like in my life, but like in the world. So it was just a lot. And I don't think that it would have like, I couldn't have read it then, but I was having like a good time. But you know, when, when the book came out, so I was like, yeah, I can read this. Uh, things are going very well. Um, so yeah, I, I really, it was, it was good. It made me love her even more than I already do. Um, and it made me understand, I think a bit like where that drive comes from, even just the talent and the way she's able to portray some of the things she's able to portray because it's like she pulls from this very real place. And I think she's like 
one of the best actors, if not like literally the best actor like of our time right now. And it's, you know, so hearing that story was just really compelling, really amazing. Again, heavy. And that's why I didn't do it all at once. Like for me, I took breaks. I would read other things in between and come back to it. So it did take me quite a while to finish it, probably like two two months or maybe three months because um, I would read something light in between and then pick it back up. But again, I also think that her reading it almost helped because it reminded me like, okay, she got through this, right? Like she, like she's there, she's coming out on the other side of this, but yeah, like I can understand why Oprah and I, I, you know, know a lot about Oprah's story as well. And I can understand why Oprah would be like, yeah, this is traumatic. Cause it's, I, I don't know if I've read a more traumatic story. It was a lot. Um, so on the flip side, something that's very light, very fun, just, you know, enjoyable, uh, was Delilah Green doesn't care. I love like a good rom-com and this was a lesbian rom-com. These two girls, you know, opposites attract sort of story and it was really fun. Uh, One of the girls was like, you know, like this like cute quirky girl and then the other one was like all alternative and whatnot. So yeah, just kind of like an opposites attract type of story. Um, and it, it had some deeper themes in it as well, which was nice. Like I love when a romance novel isn't just like straight a topical meet cute and call it a day, but like this actually explored like different, like, you know, things you go through in childhood and like sibling dynamics. And, uh, you know, there's a parent who's passed away and like, there's a stepchild situation. So there were some other family dynamics that played out here that I think were really interesting as well. Plus you had like the queer romance in the book. So those are probably my two favorites from this year. That sounds cute. I looked it up and all of the reviews seem. Yeah, it's cute. Anymore. I can just let you borrow it because I have it already. <laughs> um, on the flip side, my books this year, the first, at first of all, I didn't read a ton of books as per. I did not either. Of the past like, all my, three years. I think all my reading was the first half of the year. I don't think I read like anything the second half of the year. Oof girl i bet we're trying to survive um and also i'm not a person who does audiobooks that's just my personal preference and so i right like have to physically sit down and read um which is also yeah and i do i do both like i do audio (laughs) i do i'll do audio sometimes if it's like a when the the person person, you know it's gonna be like a good yeah like if um, if they're reading their own like autobot like if it's an autobiography that's when I like to do an audiobook because like they're reading their own story. So other than that, I typically don't just because like, I don't know, they're like harder to keep up with if it's like a novel. Um, but yeah, I like it when it's like their own story and they're sharing. They're Dramatic like, reading. especially if it's like an actor um, performing it. So I definitely didn't read 10 books. Um, I, the books that I did read were basically things that just get, get me through the airport, honestly, and <laughs> get through flights. Um, but the first one, um, which I, we, I feel like we've been talking about this for a long time. If we didn't talk about it on a podcast, I definitely have been talking about this with every single human I know, which was um, Adult Children of Emotionally Immature Parents by Lindsay Gibson. Um, obvious title for obvious reasons as to why any human would be reading this, especially I feel like a lot of children of single parents tend to find themselves a lot of times in these situations. Not all, but a lot of my friends coincidentally who had the same issues. We, we all have the same like dynamic growing up. So very great book. Um, very short read, obviously. It was a lot shorter than I thought it would be. So I, I think we had held off for so long because I thought it was a little longer, but also the time to reflect and have introspect because each chapter yeah. is just so heavy. Smart. It's, yeah. it's straight up read you for build um, and, and gives you these examples of different 
um, from her clients and her patients. So she's giving you like these thorough examples for you to, to read through and understand how you can compare that to your life. So I definitely highly recommend to, to anyone, especially parents, um, please read this book. If you're raising a child, I just need you to take a peek and read it. And so it can also give you introspection of your own parenting because they're definitely, I think, habits that you can carry over from the way you were raised, etc. And I just think that we are in such a lucky position in 2023 where there's so many valuable resources for parenting and psychology on how the long-term effects of your parenting deals with your children. And so I highly encourage parents to read books and like follow accounts, etc. to always be tuned in because you don't know what you're doing. Kids don't come with the manual. So um, that's my recommendation for that one. And then my honorable mention will also just be um, I'm Glad My my Mom Died by Jeanette McCurdy because I've been wanting to read it for a while. I actually bought it last year. It's been in my house for a little bit after she, like I bought it after she released it. It was sitting in my house. And so this year I finally got an opportunity to read it and it is a doozy. Yeah, that's another (laughs) heavy one. It's heavy. Um, It's heavy in a sense of it's not, I will say it's from somebody, it depends on again your life cycle and your life and like what you read and what kind of media you consume it's one of the i feel like lighter heavier for me like i actually went into it thinking it was going to be worse and i feel like you can it's like she brings a bit of the like i don't know it's like like i don't want to say she's over it you know but you can tell that she's moved through it you can tell she's probably gotten a lot of therapy and it's almost like she can find some of the yeah there's definitely some humor and some of the terrible things that have happened and even still i think honestly i just my personal opinion even some of her conclusions like her conclusions on her relationship with her mother still were very much forgiving in a sense of like yeah they were some of them also seemed very much still in denial which i'm sure she's aware of right has to work through through the rest of her life and i think she was still kind of yeah and she's young like this happened not that long ago um, we grew we watched her grow up we were there when she had her debuts (laughs) you think about like okay like comparing her book to viola davis's like viola davis is like I don't know how old, but because I never know how old any black women are. But like, she could be ninety-five. We have no idea. I want to see in her fifties. I think that's right. She's probably nearing sixty. If yeah, and so she's looking at this from a long time ago, whereas Jeanette McCurdy is literally looking at this thing that happened like a few years right. ago. Right. So she doesn't have as much re- reflection time, and also I feel like her not her involved family members. Like, she has brothers that were growing up. I just, it definitely seems like, they, I'm sure in, like, 10 years, she's going to have a different opinion when she looks back at it yeah. in another 10 years. If she has kids, that type of thing. Like, the more life happens to you, the more you look back on situations and you're like, oh, wait, no, 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 no. Because she still, to me, mm-hmm. still has some great excuses for her mom's behavior, which is wild because her mom was just out of pocket from the get-go. Yeah. And that should have, and that's also a symptom, and I think this is, in a lot of circles that I'm in, a lot of people I know have experienced very similar situations. Not in, to the degree of like the motivation was faint, just the type of abuse that she was experiencing was not unusual to me. Like nothing she said was something I have never heard of from somebody I know. Like someone right. I know has experienced almost every single experience she had experienced, minus being on television. So right. I think there's something to be said about that time period of like the millennials, our, our childhoods and how we were raised and like parenting, et cetera. And kind of like the consequences that didn't exist a lot of times um, and, and how that's linked to this hyper like 
I don't want to say hypersensitive, but it's almost like there's a, it is hypersensitivity to raising kids now where people are very much like wanting to, to pounce on anything as abuse. Like you can't have your kids walk to the park by themselves. It's abusive. You know what I mean? Like that type of thing. So we have like the flip now when you raise kids, like it's almost like you have to be a helicopter parent. Like you have to be with the child at all times because if you're not, God forbid your child be alone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Whereas this book, this lady was like, letting her child do all kind of crazy stuff and she was doing wild stuff it was wild just the 90s was a wild time we really gotta mm-hmm. <laughs> gotta gotta fix it like fix it jesus so those are gonna be my books from 2023 so movies i feel like i kept up with a lot more i, th- I feel like i've seen like all the movies you were in the movies you were you in the, the movie theater were friends so that i was that at the sense. movie theater a lot i feel like number one this was the hottest summer i have ever experienced in my life um and so going outside in the summer was like not an option for me so going to the movie theaters was perfect because um you know i could just get in real quick and be inside in the cool air and like because our movie theater is so large like when you go on an off day, it's not really full and we have those like dine-in seats. So I typically will book and by I, I mean Margo because she literally books all the movies, um, book the last like row and we'll have like those like four seats in the back and we're just away from everybody. I like it because I'm like, I, I'm in the back because I don't want anybody breathing like towards me, if that makes sense. Like I'm like, aim your breath the other way. So we sit in the back and you know we ha- we do the dine in even when we're not we don't order food but like you can just do dine in now all the time because they don't have the uh waits waiters like there uh the servers are not there like you would go to the front and order your food and then they'll bring it to you but it's not the situation it was before the situation before you kind of felt like you needed to order food because they were there and they'd come and they'd like take your order so you'd be like well I want to order something because if not they're not going to make you know their money or whatever. Um, so like the, the server, not AMC, who cares about that? Um, <laughs> so yeah, so we have a movie pass and for $20 a month, uh, in like, at least in central Florida, we pay the $20 a month and then we can go to three movies a week, which we don't usually do because that is a very large amount of movies. But as you can see, there's no way like that you're going to run out of, you know, movies to watch, like we can watch 12 movies a month, right? So we'll see something even if we're not like 100% sold on it, we'll be like, Oh, let's check it out, you know, if we have time. Um, So yeah, did a lot of movies this year. I think this was also like a big year for movies, because people were going to see stuff that's not just like Marvel, which has dominated the box office for a really long time. (laughs) People are actually going to see like, other movies, you know, and so especially over the summer. So we had like the big like Barbenheimer was like a big thing this year. And then also a lot of uh, directors were like, hey, I'm going to make the longest movie. And then another director would be like, no, I'm going to make the longest movie. So it did feel like a competition of the longest movie. I will say one of the movies that I did not see this year is Napoleon. And the reason why is because Margot said it was absolutely horrific and I feel like she knows my taste in movies. So if she's saying it's that bad, I'm like, I, like I'll probably watch it at home, but I'm not going to go watch it in the theater because seeing something that is that long in the theater, it like, no, I'm not going to do it. Because I've already seen the other two long movies, which were um, Oppenheimer and Killers of the Flower Moon. And I liked both of those movies. And I understand why both of them are long, but it is a long time to be in the movie theater. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's different when you're at home 
It's like, you know, you can pause it. If no, you, you can it. definitely break it up, which I did with both of those. Yeah, you can like go to the bathroom. Absolutely. It took yeah. me two, three days to watch Oppenheimer and Killers of Flower. Right. <laughs> like right. I was not sitting in water. Though I did go see Waitress this past weekend, um, which is a musical, the, the movie with Sarah um, Barry Ellis. And it is two hours and 30. It's the same length as Napoleon. And I genuinely was like, <laughs> I might. Right. Like, <laughs> it's so long. So long. So yeah, so I think like probably the like so the best movies of the year and my favorite movie of the year are different. I think the best movies of the year were probably The Creator and Killers of the Flower Moon. Like these were just movies that like when you talk about like I movies absolutely that you would disagree win. about the creator, but that's another story. What happened? <laughs> I, said, I absolutely happened? disagree about the creator. Oh, we'll I loved on. it. I, I, I thought it was really good. Can't. I think that these are like <laughs> the type of movies that like would like these are the movies that will like win awards, but they weren't yeah. like my favorite of the year. But it's like if I'm looking at like award season, it's like, okay, those are movies that are gonna do well during award season. But if we're talking about my favorite movie of the year, my favorite movie of the year was definitely Barbie. I, it's the movie that I saw the most amount of time in theaters. I had such, and I think it was like not even just the movie, but the whole experience of it, you know, like going to the movies with friends, like seeing everybody in their pink. I've not seen like outside of again, like a superhero movie, uh, a Harry Potter movie or something along those lines. I've never seen crowds of this level all kind of like coming together for one thing. And because it was a thing that was like, wom- like more women specific, like that was like a really powerful cultural moment, right? So that part of it was fun in itself. And then I did actually really enjoy the movie. Did I think it was a perfect movie? No, I definitely could see where there could have been some changes, but I think it was a good movie. I think a lot of people have been like, either have loved it or been like very critical of it. Like it's it's kind of, it's, it's made a lot of people angry, right? Like some people have been very like, just I'm so mad about this movie existing. And I'm like, please relax. Like, if you don't like it, just don't watch it. It's not that serious. Um, But yeah, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was fun. I loved a lot of the people in it. Uh, My, my doctor who is in it. So loved that. Um, So yeah. (laughs) That's the way black people also say like, my president, you know which president they're talking about. Right. When you said my doctor, I was like immediately knew who you were talking about. Yeah. People cannot be put in a box. Like, what is wrong with us? We have a problem. Right. <laughs> right. So yeah. So I really enjoyed it. Um, and I, I think I saw it three, maybe four times in the theaters. Because I know I saw it like opening night with John. I went back and saw it with Margot. I saw it with my nieces. That was really fun to go see it with them. Um, so yeah, it was, it was really good. And then honorable mention, this movie was both well-made and I don't even know how to describe it. Cause it's, it's so messed up. So if I, if I tell everybody like, oh, I love this movie, I'm not even saying I love it. I'm not saying I don't like it. It's, 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 a, I don't know. It's, it's just, it's like, it's just wild. I, I don't know how to describe it. So you should watch it, but don't like, don't think that I'm like endorsing this sort of behavior, right? That's all I can say. And that movie is Saltburn. Um, it is an experience. That is what I will say. And it is wild. And I definitely think that you should watch it. Um, and don't watch it with children around and don't watch it with your parents. Um, and it's just wild. I don't, I don't really know how else to, ex- to explain it. I think people should see it. And I think that it's definitely like a film that it's like, wow. But I, I don't want to give too much away. I will just say that it is a wild experience. <laughs> I literally the other day was like, when is this coming out? Because I've been wanting to see it. And the um, streaming day, I think it's the 22nd. 
There's literally like a moment in this oh. film that now that like I'm telling you about it, like when this moment happens, you're going to think about me and be like, oh, I understand what she's talking about now. I love it. I can't wait. <laughs> this is a, it's been a good year for thrillers and horror. The genre yeah. has thrived this year. Megan started it. She really set the tone for a good horror year. And I will not. Like, I've watched horror films, new horror, not just, like, what, but there's been new horror movies out almost every month this year that have been actually pretty decent. There have been some that obviously, you know, it is genre, it's not great, but I feel like this was a really good year for, for the horror girl, girlies, so we ate, we were thriving, we are happy, we are content. The Exorcist movie was trash, don't watch that one, but all of the other ones were pretty good. Um, in terms of movies, for me, uh, I will say... First, a, a good person, which is honestly, it's been a quiet movie that kind of slid under the radar. Um, I think was it. Hold, let me. I want to make sure I get the wrong person because I think Zachary Levi is the director here, but I could be absolutely wrong. It's I'm like it's one of those white guys. Because uh, <laughs> I'm like because John Krasinski has directed so much, so many things that I've actually liked, and I'm very mad about it because I don't think yeah. he's a good actor. But as a director, he's been great. It was Zach Braff. Zach Braff directed, um, wrong Zach, sorry, Zachary Levi. Zach Braff directed A Good Person. It's um, it's on Prime right now, but it's with Florence Pugh, which of course, and Morgan Freeman. Wild ride from start to finish. Very emotional movie. Very, like, tops of death. Very, um, topics of racism, colorism. Like, all the things are in this film. Mental health, addiction. Um, so it's a very heavy film, but the way it's done, I think it reminds me of the early aughts. You know, like we had the, I won't say Garden State, because I actually don't like Garden State as a movie, but I think the feel of Garden yeah. State, of almost mm-hmm. like these, like, you know, these cerebral, very emotional films. And obviously Florence is a phenomenal actress. Um, yes. Everything I've seen her in this year, I've enjoyed. Um, and she does a great job in this. And I, of course, working off of Morgan Freeman's energy, you can't, can't miss such a good it's a short film but i really highly recommend it. it really again like i said slid under the radar i don't think it's going to be a heavy contender in award season which is kind of a shame because it is like i said i, I actually didn't like the creator that much i actually think it's a better done film than the creator i think the pacing is better uh i have strong opinions about the creator just because it came out and I, everybody's like so good and i was like is it though y'all like it's the editing um it but is it, um no it's not <laughs> lies uh <laughs> and i love everybody who's in that movie but like please stop stop what y'all doing um and then my honorable mention obviously would be killers of flower moon just because the, a phenomenal film like right. start to finish it, it takes so again good. i told you it took me three business days to finish this movie because it is so heavy and um my only complaint about films in 2023 which i like david and i've been talking about this we are the world is really into like exploding brains. We have got to stop. Like as someone who's into horror and, and watches a lot of gory films, outside of gory films, there has been more headshots and explosions, head operations. Like I've seen more fake brains <laughs> in films in 2023. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to understand what that's it seems unnecessary. I felt that way. Um Particularly, there's a character who it, it is a important part of her story. Anna Brown and Killers of the Flower Moon. That's the way that the reason why they did her um, 
autopsy the way they did, like in live in person, but the way they just show it, you know, like it just yeah. was, did we need to see it? Was it was definitely did we? <laughs> I was just like, we were like, do wow. we need to see it? And when they, when it comes up again, because this is a thing in movies and in writing, if you bring something up, you should, it seems like a significant detail, you have to explain it later on. So they do explain it later on in the film. But that time, the moment it, sh- it happened, it's just so wild and out of pocket. You don't really like, have any, yeah, you don't have a moment to like. You don't have any warning. It's, there's no warning about this. You, no warning. <laughs> I think most of the time you kind of know when things like that are coming. And if you're just like not. Yes, because there's a theme that. that they show when with the deaths. So they're very much thematic. Her, hers is not as much. But this autopsy is separate of her dying. And it doesn't, sh- you know what I mean? So it's so. Yeah different when they do show how she she dies it makes sense because it's in that same formula way that's um he decided to do in that film but yeah totally good and it also has martin uh martin scorsese did a great job but um brendan mm-hmm. fraser popping up mm-hmm. as a lawyer at the end i was so excited i love brendan fraser so happy for him. shout Thank out to you. brendan for getting so more much. movies because they canceled your show and i'm still sad about it so that's my movies um and also there were just so many good movies there's this there year were. was a really good and I, and again, look, as someone who's watched comic books, read comic books for as long as I want to, who is, look, I, I didn't even hate The Flash, which came out this year, which I completely forgot. I, I don't miss it. I didn't miss it. I don't miss it. I, don't, I haven't missed a single thing. I have not missed. Mom, did you end up seeing, yeah. did you see Quantumania? I did. I hated Quantumania. It I hated every good. second of that it film. It was not. Throw it in the trash. I think the it's back- actually, if I'm not mistaken, I think it is the only marvel movie and again if you don't know this i am like a marvel fangirl it is the only marvel movie ever that i have only seen one time and that should tell you a lot because i saw endgame five times in the theater i saw black panther five times in the theater and for like one that i like but i'm not like obsessed with i'll see it like two or three times in the theater and then i'll see it again at home and like i probably watch ragnarok more times than i'm going to mention on this podcast because y'all will think i am crazy so if i've only (laughs) seen it once that is bad after quantum i knew it was going to be a bad year for comic book movies and i nothing proved me wrong like all of them have not been. They've been okay. The shows have actually I liked been better. Guardians, but that was it. I didn't me. like Guardians either, and I that for other reasons. And and in, look, James Gunn, he is a hit or miss for me, and that's why. Like I just, I felt like he wasn't as consistent. I also felt like it was long. It was long. I think we rewatched the Christmas special actually because it's Christmas, um, and I actually yeah. like get a lot more. <laughs> so I was like, what happened? I do film? like the Christmas special, I think, better The Christmas special was so third. cute and really made sense, and it felt like it was more to the story, and then, then we got this third movie. But I do I, like, I did like, I did enjoy the third. I think um, that And I liked favorite, Ego. I, th- I mean, not Ego, but I liked the villain in the third, I think, better than the other two villains. I will say, I well. think that my order for Guardians is, like, one is obviously the best, then I think three. Oh, yeah, because two is absolute hot trash. Two. But it's like if I'm including the Christmas special, then it's like one Christmas special, three, two. Yeah. Oh, for yeah. sure. Um, and again, like, look, Ezra Miller is a menace to society in these streets. He, the, they did exactly what Charles did. Like, not at like the same charges. And one of these people is going to jail, and the other one went to the, their red carpet premiere. So, mm-hmm. totally yep. agree if you never watched this movie for that from us alone. But it was, look, I've seen worse. I've seen worse. I like, well, again, I watched Amy and that's so I much worse. I didn't even see that one because I was like, 
I knew, like, I first of all, I wasn't gonna like, so, like, oh, you, this person is absolute menace to society, like, right? You, and you didn't see it in the no, theater, no, no, no. um, and so, but I, so I wasn't gonna go see it obviously in the theater, but afterwards, this is kind of like, it's not like I wouldn't watch it, but I also was just kind of like, meh, you if know? it's playing in someone's house where you're at, then like. You know, right. You that's know kind of how <laughs> I was like, yeah, if it's in front of me, then I would go for it. But wait, Rest did Spider-Verse come out this year? Was yeah, that I did. Year? I did. That was a good movie. I never put Spider-Verse with any of the other films because it's not live action and because no, it's different. But <laughs> like I'm it just throwing it out there that it was a good movie. It was a good so. movie. All right, we'll get into shows because I feel like we could talk about movies all day because it was such a good movie year. So shows... Um, I feel like we're like a mixed bag this year. Um, I feel like uh, Marvel, I have actually enjoyed the shows more than the movies lately because with the shows, everything's not rushed and they can actually like explore characters a bit more and flesh things out. Plus some of the shows feature characters that we've known for a long time. Um, so where with Quantumania, like we have like, uh, what's his name? Paul Rudd's character, Ant-Man, who I already feel like is a side character to me, even though he has like his own movies, but he already feels like a side character to me. So you have him and then you have like Kang who you've hyped up and then doesn't really do anything. And then by the end of the movie, like not much has really happened and there were no stakes. Whereas with Loki, there were stakes and you know, things, things happen. And I, I don't want to give anything away, but I will say that I think it was well-written for that character and it was a good end uh of the situation for that character and i am like a loki fan not just in marvel but in like norse mythology as well uh my husband is a viking and so we are very into loki and thor and odin and all the people and yeah so i like i read a lot about it from that like perspective as well and some more of that mythology comes into uh, the Marvel universe for, for this story. So that was really fun. Definitely enjoyable. And I love Tom Hiddleston like so much. Um, and I love like that him and his wife had a baby this year and that they both had Marvel projects at the same time. That was really cute. Uh, the other show that I really loved that was like different. Cause there was a lot of great shows too. Like, so I could, I could talk about shows all day. Cause there was a lot of good ones this, this year, but I really liked the squid game, uh, the squid game, the challenge. Um, and I'm not often like a huge, like reality TV person. My brother Ben loves reality TV. And so he calls me up and he's like, you've got to watch the show. Cause he knows that I loved squid game so much. Like I loved, love, loved the original show that came out on Netflix and um he was like you've got to watch this you'll really enjoy it so i was like all right like we'll check it out and so we checked it out and we were just like <laughs> i think we like flew through like the first episodes we were like this is so interesting like this is such a unique idea for a reality tv show there are parts of it that were like overly dramatic for sure uh but i just think it was really well done and it was awesome how they made it so similar to the actual original show and i also want to be on it because i want to win like what was it, like 4.56 <laughs> million dollars and they're going to have another season and i'm like um i want to be on this show there are definitely like things that i'm like i that is where i might get out or that is but i would literally try so hard like i i think it'd be great and it's funny because there was like a mom and son combo in there and like they were you know, like sad when one got out or whatever. But I'm like, I, I would put like as many of my people as I could in there to be like, listen, because it's $4.56 million. So if I'm out, I'm not crying because you're still in. So you're going to win the money for us. Like I'm expecting you to share if like, 
if anybody I know like personally and well wins $4.56 million, like I expect at least like a loan for my business. You know what I'm saying? Like something. Can I just so, say that the idea of the prize being $4.56 million, as someone who didn't watch the original nor the reality show, this is very funny. Like out of context, the number 4.56 is so funny. <laughs> Right. You honestly, I think you would very much, I think you'd enjoy both, but you definitely enjoy like the original, like the scripted show. It, it's definitely like something that would be like right up your alley. And, but you have to watch it like in the original language. Because oh yeah. Well, no, it played in my house. I just didn't watch it. I was not a participant, but it definitely happened in my home. I yeah, just did not. Dubbed is not it for me. No. Um, but yeah, it, it was really good. And, you know, cause I'm like, I would never, I remember watching the original show and being like, you know, this is crazy. This is a wild concept, but I would never do it because I don't want to die. Right. Because if you don't win, you die. That's not, that's not fun. Uh, not worth the money in that sense. But in this case, it's worth the money because if you don't win, you don't die. You just have a paintball gun hit you. So that's fine. I can handle that. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, this is fine. That's the one part. Have you seen like anything like, yeah, yeah, no, like I said, I've seen from the challenge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the say, that's the part that is so funny to me because the rest of it is like really well done. But like when the characters die and they're hit but with the paintball gun and then they like fall over like they actually died, John and I were laughing so hard. And like some of them, I get it because they're sad. I feel sad for them because it does suck. Like if you have all that money there and then you're not like that does suck. But it was just the way that they would like actually act like they just died. And I was like, this is so like melodramatic. <laughs> like this is ridiculous. But yeah, it was, it was a fun watch. Like it, and it's, it was very interesting because it's much more strategy. I feel like even than the original one. Um, so it was just interesting to see like who won. It was interesting to see who made it far. You know, if you could predict from the earlier, you know, uh, episodes who was going to make it far and how they were going to get there, seeing who turned on who, that sort of thing was just very interesting. So, yeah, I love anything that kind of brings out like human nature and and will like I just like to see how people think. So, if you if you enjoy that, you will definitely enjoy this show. Um. So listen up, literature girlies, the girlies who <laughs> were literature was your favorite subject, and you obviously almost went to that Edgar Allan Poe um, yes. interaction thing that came around the U.S. <laughs> this yeah. is for you. If you did that already, which you probably did if you, you are. Um, and if you are a horror girly, obviously, um, the horror, the House of the Fall of Usher from Mike Flanagan. Again, the Flanagan verse has been my favorite television experience in the past, like, three years since he's been doing this with Netflix, maybe four. Um, actually, I think it's been five years i think uh house um, hill house came out in 2018 or 2019 so it's actually been longer than that i completely i gotta say i agree with you like these are my favorite like all of them i have gone back and started looking at all of his old work (laughs) because of this (laughs) i'm very afraid of um like uh the what is the first one oh the haunting of hill house that one is still like I'm still afraid. The bent neck lady, still afraid. I love that lady. God still bless. afraid. She's so great. <laughs> like sometimes love. I'll just be like, I'll go pee in the middle of the night. <laughs> and I'll just like, I'll turn the light back off to go like walk to the bed and I'll just think about her. And I'll be like, like oh, okay. Nope, I'll just like, yeah. Speed up. <laughs> Speed it up. Yeah. Um, I watched Oculus a couple of days ago. And by a couple of days, I mean, it was like three o'clock in the morning, um, which is also <laughs> by him. And I, look, Mike Flanagan just, it's the way he has 
from Oc- if you watch Oculus um, and you really watch and you watch ha- um, Hill House because they're very similar in nature in terms of the story and the themes and even like um, Kate Siegel who's in almost all of his projects is the evil character in Oculus and she is kind of like the equivalent of the Bent Night Lady just he's grown so much as a director but has done such a phenomenal job and I think because it's based off of Poe's work and there's so much symbolism in it House of the Fall mm-hmm. Usher it's just so well done it is so fun it is it moves so quick it's just it's consistently going there's something ha- there is no downtime in this show he knew it was his last one with Netflix he was like I'm about to give you everything I got there was a strike and I feel bad because they didn't get to promote it but it did not matter because yeah, it blew up anyway Netflix? Netflix yeah that was his last contract series gonna, with Netflix he so next? he's moving oh he's doing a movie right now like he's filming okay um no he's still going and he you know when you can get mark hamill to agree to be in your horror series you've done right. well, you've done you drive you drive you've done what you need to do he's right. doing what you need to do i can't explain it anymore please go watch it don't talk to me about it <laughs> just watch it and get in your feelings can't explain it anymore it's just such a well done show um and then my honorable mention would be poker face which was a peacock um show up with natasha what is her name i feel like i should have looked up every person uh, natasha leone yes with natasha yes. leone mm-hmm. such a good show another show that's fun first of all peacock snuck up on me this year yeah that has Dang. such fun shows i think their twisted metal ad- adaptation was really funny um peacock had some really so, but poker face is very fun like i said it moves very quickly um a couple of their other original shows that are coming out from nbc this past fall season in the middle of the strike have been good like Peacock and NBC have been coming back at it, getting outside of the Law and Orderverse to try to commit to some really fun stuff. And I think Poker Face is one of those things where they use Natasha's personality and like kind of her mm-hmm. edginess, but make her they she's obviously the main character, but she's not the center of each episode. And I think that's so important. And all of these people and these stories are not related. And I also think that's helpful because the last few things that she's done have been very like everything's connected and you have to be right. into it and da da da. And like these are like each story is a little different. And so I think they've done a good job of that. And the ending is wild. So highly recommend Poker Face. But there's been so many good shows. And a lot of shows ended this year. There's a lot of shows that I've been watching for a very long time, like The Crown. Rip mm-hmm. to my faves. Um, so many, yeah, so many long shows that I've been watching over the past like five, six years ended this year, and so I feel like this was also like a a goodbye year to television. A lot of yeah. sitcoms ended. Um, so I'm excited to see what happens next. But I love the idea of not creating a ton of like. I almost feel like the long term television show almost is dead. You know what I mean? Like it's been dying right. for a little bit, but I don't think. Even a show that started out as strong as This Is Us, towards the end, I was literally like dragging feet. It's like I'll say, I, I don't can't. think I watched the last like I don't know how many. So the last season that I was watching was when his brother came back and he was like living in that trailer, and they were doing like flashbacks. Oh yeah, <laughs> I think that's when mostly everybody I know stopped watching it, and then I was like, I gotta write it out to because the end. part of the reason was, and I'm not even joking, like when I would go to watch it, I have to like emotionally prepare. <laughs> like I'd have to be like, I have my Kleenex, like you know, like I'd have to know I was about to be like sad after. Well, and I think like, there was so much build up around Jack and the way he died, and I think once they revealed that it was a crockpot, uh, right. <laughs> Right. Not to it's, be like rude, but comedically, like his death was no, really, like 
it really (laughs) and also like i think that like so not only was it the crock pot but like him running back into the house it was running back into the house is also the second bothered me so much because it was so preventable like i thought it was going to be something that like preventable. felt like it was an accident and i feel like they built this show up to feel like his death was just like a large accident and like oh my goodness you never know like it was a house fire maybe they were all asleep and like he was trying to save randall maybe right (laughs) all these things one of the kids I think it would have like made it so much better and it also like sucks because it's like for Kate to be like no get my dog which like I get it like I love my dog like my Girl. dog but it's like Kate's already like the most annoying character too well her brother is also like they're like that's the other thing is I just hate some of these characters so I was just like if we could just cut out everybody else except for like Randall and just do a Randall's family special I would watch this but I literally found myself getting to the point where I would fast forward through the other characters plot parts and only watch Randall's family. And I was just like, and I loved what the story of, uh, you know, his biological father and all that. That was one of the most beautiful Oh, too soon. Cause I've he also seen. passed away this year. I know that was one of the most beautiful um, things that I have ever seen on TV. That character arc was stunning. And I think like, Speaking to what you said about when we have these mini series, right? I could have seen something like Randall, like Randall and then his biological, all that story kind of being a part of a mini series. That's kind of what it felt like to me because it was just so good and it gave you everything. You <laughs> and then needed. you get and back it, into Kevin and he's like, I dated right. a girl one time and I broke up with her and we're still obsessed. <laughs> I would have loved, I would have loved just like a series about, I could have taken a series about that's really more focused on Randall being the adopted child into this white family who lost his father early on, who his father was such a champion of him. Now he has these two white siblings who aren't that great, but his white mom loves him. And then he meets his black father. That's the story right there. Like I'm, I'm fine with that story. I don't need it to center around everybody. Else. What's funny I mean, about this is us. Like, cause you didn't watch the end. And I don't know if you know anything about the last season of this is us, but it completely like Randall is a non character in the last like two seasons of the See, show. I'm so glad you're telling me this because now I know to not pick it back they up. They completely cause... give Randall these character arcs that make no sense and guess who becomes the at the end the decision maker who like Mandy Moore decides it's Kate. Kate is the main character of the show. The whole time of the show you were thinking that Randall was the most important. <laughs> no, 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 no. The show is about Kate. The show is about Kate. Kate and her life and her choices and it centers around Kate and the last few seasons are about Kate and it's funny because I felt like collectively as a society we all agree that Kate was like the worst character on the show 100% uh, <laughs> 100% and the, the redeeming stories that they have about her teenagehood etc like the things that happened to her when she was teen that made her kind of a terrible person aren't that terrible you know what i mean like it's like things that happen you know it just and it's do wild. they all involve wild. like like realistically let's like so she just starts dating this older guy because she's pseudo overweight obviously right she, that's she all that- she's not even that overweight by the way she when she's a teenager she's very much just like slightly yeah. larger than yeah. her peers but like not even like they're very much just, like her peers and her are in the same room she's not overweight it's wild but they center around her weight and her like losing her dad even though it's her fault and so she starts dating this older guy who is pseudo abusive and that's the reason why she is the way she is which i'm like many people <laughs> like i'm sorry many women have been with an abusive men and many women are 
slightly overweight or a lot overweight and they're not a-holes so it's not an excuse to me but they I'm make sorry. kate meet quote unquote the love of her life which is this character toby if you've never watched the show don't worry don't need to you fall in love with toby because toby's supposed to be the greatest man sliced bread toby turns out to be the worst person on the show he's worse than kate he's actually the worst he's the the worst the worst human so they take this lovable human being they make this character have this demonic character arc for the sake of advancing Kate being like the most innocent mm. person. <laughs> mm. I literally, I can't. Don't, don't watch it. Don't watch it. It's I wild. wild. Again, it is why miniseries are great sometimes because it's, it just it's went too long. To the point being, invest. the show went too long. That's the point. Yeah, it's point hard being. to invest like the time. Like sometimes I'll wait till like people are like, I love this movie or I love the show. And if it's like super overhyped, I'll wait till there's like six seasons and it's over. And everyone's like, I enjoyed the ending. And then I'll be like, cool, time for me to start it. <laughs> exactly what we did with Game of Thrones. Um. For real. <laughs> All right. So getting into our favorite food and or recipe of the year, the thing that has been, this is actually something from the second half of the year for me, is a butternut squash soup. Uh, we have been making it like probably once a week. And it's weird because I don't even know if I can think of like. Can confirm yeah. from your Instagram stories. Yeah. Like if I made it last it, week off of the like top of my head but like we use an entire like butternut squash we've been getting them from the farmer's market they've been like huge this season um and we'll throw different things in depending on what we have on hand um and then so what we do is like we roast them all we season the heck out of them we roast it and then we put it in the vitamix to like break it down and make it into a soup and it doesn't take long it's so easy you can kind of throw in like what you want and different things each time which is part of what i like about it like we're we're typically the type that like We'll follow a recipe or we'll come up with a recipe. But like if we don't have if we're like making something and we don't have like carrots on here, we're not going to be like, oh, we're not going to make that. We'll just still make it and maybe add in something different. We're both very much like that as cooks. And we've just been having it with like different bread. Like the other day we were craving naan. So we had it with naan. And it's just so good. It's so it's like filling. It's hitting like a ton of the things you need for nutrition. But it also just feels like warm and like a warm hug and, and that sort of thing. So we've been kind of having that all throughout the fall and, you know, as we head into winter and we'll probably keep having it. And I will say this, like, I think the first time that I had like a super autumn soup that I that besides stuff that my grandmother made was like the Panera autumn squash soup, which is a really good soup. But I don't like to eat soup from Panera because it's like the sodium content is like ridiculous uh also like literally funny because they don't put any seasoning on anything else so it's wild that they were like soup we got this (laughs) yeah and i think it's literally maybe just this one because i haven't had all their soups so um but yeah they also have like a drink that is caffeinated that has literally killed people so a very Like, I'm not joking. Like, I think there's... I know, I know exactly what you're talking about. I just think it's funny. Yeah. <laughs> it's not like, funny that it kills them, but it's just the fact that they did it, and then, like, another... Co- I forgot who it But somebody else um, created a caffeinated lemonade. Most re- oh, Shake Shack. Shake oh, my Shack gosh. Caffeinated lemonade. Well, I, yeah, I don't know the need for... Like, I don't get why they need to do this. But, yeah, so I'm, like... I prefer to make soups at home, like even like canned soups and stuff are often just like the sodium content is just like wild. And it's crazy because like soups are healthy. So to me, like if I'm going to be eating something that's healthy, I want it to actually be healthy. If I'm going to eat something that's not healthy, I want, you know, that's different. I'm going to throw down, you know, if I'm going to have a brownie sundae, it's a brownie sundae. Let's, let's do it. But if I'm eating a soup, I'm not eating a soup to be, 
know what I'm saying? Like that better show up as healthy because these are vegetables and stuff. So yeah, so we like to make them at home. And also when you make it at home, like if you're putting enough veggies on your tray when you're roasting it to like fill the tray, then you're probably, if you're like one or two people, you're probably going to have enough that you can eat it twice. You know, if you're a family, then that's, that's probably it. But if you're like a single person or if you're in just like a couple or roommate, like you'll probably have enough to have like leftovers, have it for lunch or something the next day. So yeah, it's just been fantastic. And that is probably my favorite food of the year. And I'm going to probably have it at least two more times before the end of the year. Love this for you. Um, I don't know because I don't remember. I had a very um particular <laughs> diet strategy this year. Clearly didn't pay off very well. Um, but you know, high because I was having surgery in the middle of the year and having a lot of anti-inflammatory foods for so long. So I feel like I didn't. I didn't eat a lot. And also, I just I haven't had the energy to cook a lot. Like we just have not been cooking. We've been busy. Been out doing all the things, but. Um, Tradatorus jo- Joe's Tradatorus Joseph, our friend, our friend in chief, he provides things consistently. They're frozen, you just heat them up. Um, but then an easy recreation is the scallion pancakes that you can get from Trader Korean pancakes. If you've never had a Korean breakfast, uh, egg pancake or scallion pancake, it, it's easy, super easy to make. Um, highly recommend because it's so filling and it's an it's carbs. Like, do you need it? No. Is it healthy? Absolutely not. Is it fried? Yes. It's delicious. Is this the one Absolutely. that you put in the, um, like in an, uh, like a cast iron? Yeah. It, like, I mean, you don't even have like, to do it in a cast iron. You can do it in a regular. It gets you can all do it like, griddle. it's like, uh, it feels almost dangerous to make. Does that make, you know, does that make sense? I, I don't know that it's dangerous. <laughs> it's dangerous to me. I will say, I do think we had these this year and I absolutely loved them, but John made them and he made them in a cast iron and they were like, like all like you know like they were like yeah when you when you cook with like there's definitely popping sounds that's what makes them like delicious it's so it's and it, it's one of those things where you have to pat it down like you remember you would get pizza and pat it down before eating it i was one of those kids these are the same thing you have to pat the grease off like it's, yeah. it's greasy but so good um so i'm sure you can make them in an air fryer or some other healthy way i don't know i'm doing no, it the but way i feel Korea like the, the way to make to them is authentic. <laughs> you gotta yeah you gotta get that cast iron out so that's my i love trader shows and all the things that he'd be making he'd be like joseph is in the kitchen stealing he, really is. he is doing colonization the right way because he's taking the best mm-hmm. thing. Them widely available. My, and that's why I love like Black Girls and Trader Joe's and other accounts like that. Because no, they don't on. take anything seriously. It's they so will come on and like review like like because it's you want to hear from the the people that it's like it's from their culture and let them like review and like see if like okay like I love like um you know when people be like okay I'm gonna test it and I'm gonna have my mom test it and yeah. see how decent it is and typically the ratings are pretty decent. They're like of course it's not like you know having my grandma make it of course but it's you know you don't expect it to be you know what i mean yeah. like but it's still really good like it, it, it normally gets a seal of approval so yeah they do a really good job i love that store um all right so we're gonna share our favorite experiences of the year um and this like this like i said this is a wild year for me like the first half of the year was like very good second half of the year mm, womp womp not as great um, but I did still have a lot of fun and a lot of great experiences. And I think we always have to look for, you know, the highlights and the joy, uh, in, in our journey. So loved, like I said earlier, the Barbie movie situation was so much fun. Um, just kind of seeing all that pink, like 
all the girl power, you know, the vibes. Like it was, I loved it. It was great. All the people crying in the theater with me. Wonderful. Um, I did a lot of hiking this year. Like we tried to, we had a goal, which we did not meet, but we had a goal that we were going to wake up every Monday a little bit early and go hiking on Monday mornings. And we didn't do it every single Monday morning, but we did do it enough that we got a lot of different hiking in and tried a lot of different like hiking trails. And so just seeing a lot of beautiful different like state and local parks and that sort of thing. So that was very fun. Um, But one of the big highlights from my year was doing a VIP tour at Disney. I'd never done one before. They are very awesome and fancy and expensive and cool. And I did not pay for it. I was invited to one by a friend. Um, So that was such like a, you know, like a once in a lifetime type of experience. It was amazing. Um, It was, we did all four parks in one day. And like, we had these like giant SUVs that drove us from like one park to the next and they'd have like snacks waiting for us. And it was just, I was like, this is how the other half lives. This is like absolutely wild. Um, But yeah, it was so much fun. And it was just you know, it was with like a a fun group of girls and everything like that. And I go to Disney a lot. So I wasn't like, oh my gosh, I need to get on every single thing. I was just more interested in like the behind the scenes part of it, which was really cool. Um, And then also my best friend from childhood from like 11 years old and on. So now I've been friends for like a million years. She had a baby. (laughs) It, it, it is. It's been a long time. Girl, many, many Next. <laughs> um, he had a baby um, recently and that child turned one this past uh, March. And so she came into town and we did his first birthday party and we did like a family trip to uh, Disney. And we actually did those like, you know, the shirts that people do when they come to Disney. I've never done that because I live here. So like if you're going to like Epcot after work at like 6 p.m. to like have dinner because you live down the street, like you don't like wear a shirt. You know what I'm saying? Like you just wear like whatever clothes you would wear. Um, so yeah, they, they were like, we're going to do the whole thing. And so we wore shirts that said like Slade's birthday and like mine said like, you know, Auntie Kurtzma on it, that sort of thing. So they were, they were really cute. It's so funny because like, you know, the guys, like we just assumed that they wore them in the moment, just like, you know, to just whatever but john wears his like i I don't know why you would ever assume that about your husband i know it's so funny girl it is like a tie-dye shirt like i don't wear it a lot because it's like it's it's a lot you know what i'm saying like it's like and i'm a lot but it's just like a lot in a different way than i am um so it's a tie-dye shirt which is like not really like my vibe most of the time but this man wears this shirt once a week at least and he you can see him around celebration walking our dog in this shirt all the time. He says it is the most comfortable shirt he owns. He does not care that it is tie-dye. He is like, this shirt is so comfortable. And I'm like, all right, knock yourself out. Um, And then also, so like, you know, that's my bestie who is like a sister to me. His bestie, who is like a brother to him, uh, moved to Chicago like during the pandemic around the time we moved to DC. So we hadn't really seen them through the pandemic um, because their sons have an autoimmune disease. So it just really was not safe for them to travel and it really wouldn't be safe for us to travel to them either because we'd be on like planes and stuff and then be bringing all the germs into their house. So they had not traveled in a long time. They had not had clearance from their doctors to travel. Um, so they finally got clearance from their doctors to travel and we set up a situation where they would be like at a private house and they'd be able to have some time, you know, whatever to like make sure everything was good to go. Um, so yeah, so they came down and we got to have like a family trip with them and that was really fun. They came down for about four days. So 
that was definitely a highlight. We hadn't seen the boys in like, like I said, like three years maybe. Um, so it was just like good to like see them catch up with everybody. And I think we'll go back to like doing like them probably doing like a yearly trip here. And then we'll probably do a yearly trip there. They used to be in Miami. So we used to see them all the time. Um, but now it's obviously they're, they're all the way up there. So, but yeah, that was, that was probably my highlights for the year. Just like seeing people and spending time with people was, was enjoyable. And I love that. That's the best. It's been a good year. Um, it's been a good year, I say, and then I'm, I keep forgetting that it's been the worst the second half of the year. You're like, until like the second half, it was so great. Until whatever, beep beep beep, mm-hmm. <laughs> decided to beep. <laughs> it was great. Um, no, we we traveled to Arizona during spring break. It was super fun. I had a good time. I loved it so much. We decided to go back in October. Um, so we, we've done a lot of outdoorsy things that we couldn't do here because it's like you said, first of all, you, being able to hike in Florida when this is hot. Right. I would <laughs> say so like hot. we did that in heat. like January, February, you know, it, once it got yeah. to like May, it was like a done deal. Not Even before May, May, around April, because we were doing a lot of outdoorsy yeah. stuff anyway, Um, just to, to low key. We pushed hey, it prep. till May and then we were like, okay, time to go inside. <laughs> it's so gross. Um, This past, last week we went to um Lake Louisa and did some walking. I was like, okay, this is the only weather for hiking. <laughs> That's it. Like this is December mm-hmm. is the Florida hiking weather. Otherwise stop. Um, so we did do a lot of parks around that time too, during February to get us prepped for Arizona because we knew we were doing Grand Canyon. And um, despite <laughs> shouldn't have probably gone on that trip for health reasons, but uh, you know, we, I did it. I did it and it was a good time and I enjoyed it. And we did Grand Canyon. It was great. And starting to see, you know, going to my first national parks, so that was very fun. Um, and also just the vibe in Arizona. Arizona has good vibes, good folks. Um, so we did that around the end of the year. Um, but when I say around the, the school year, because that's the way parents' brains work. If you haven't met a parent before who has a school-age child, that's what they, their years are in that 10-month my my cycle. <laughs> and like as teachers. Yeah, 18 <laughs> years as a teacher. And so I You're like, that's that how way. your brain works. So yeah. uh, it, Memorial Day weekend, we, at last minute, um, because I knew I was having surgery, I knew I was going to be out for six weeks, I we decided to just go over to the coast. And so we did kind of a Sarasota, uh, Anna Marie Island trip really quickly over the weekend super fun a vibe going to museums and beach and just hanging out and being on the coast it was absolutely crazy there's so many people that's the beginning of summer so people are coming down to spend their time like their summer in Anna Marie Island and so we were able to even get a room was bananas um Gonna splurge a little bit and did some fancy stuff, but it was a good time. And then, like I said, went back the to Arizona. home you stayed in, by the way, in Arizona was like one of the most beautiful places I've ever seen. Yeah, the second one was definitely my, both of them were very different, but both the goal was getting lodgy feelings. And since we when we went back in October, we knew where we wanted to be because we weren't necessarily going back to the Grand Canyon. We ended up going to Antelope Canyon, which is not you know on the other part, unlike closer to the north rim of the Grand Canyon, more so the south rim, which is where we went in March. So we knew we wanted to stay in Flagstaff again, and the house that we got for a second time was fantastic. 
and we knew the area enough to figure like Flagstaff is not that big <laughs> it's yeah. very small so it's very easy to understand like where you want to be and how close you want to be to things when we went the first time we were really in Flagstaff proper we we're a little bit outside um and so we wanted that that's what we wanted and so this time I was like ah, I kind of need to be a little closer to civilization just in case and also because we knew we were coming in and we're going to spend a really long day in Sedona, which we did. We got off the plane, went to Sedona, did hikes, did the vortexes. Uh, <laughs> that is not what people should do, by the way. You should like take a day and chill out, especially from Florida. And when your hikes, quote unquote, are flat, you don't hike, you don't have elevation changes. In fact, when we did our Lake Louisa hike, I put the hike setting on my Fitbit just to see the elevation, 13 feet. So Florida is not a real place. Like, it's flat. And meanwhile, we get off the plane, we roll out, we get in the car, we go up to Sedona, we do three hikes, like, straight up. Then the beginner hikes, but still, like, elevation changes, like, oh, yeah. real quick. Um, and then went up to Flagstaff, and we stayed in Flagstaff, and then we went to Antelope Canyon the next day, um, and then came back and went to Phoenix and stayed in Phoenix for the night before we left out. But really, again, Arizona's such a vibe. It's such a good time. I really enjoy indigenous culture and understanding a little bit more of each tribe and each situation and really being in Antelope Canyon with Navajo people and the great thing about Antelope Canyon you have to the only way you can go to the canyons are through hiring um indigenous owned tour guides and so you have to pay to do that and that's the way that the Navajo Nation set it up so um we selected one particularly that was smaller we actually had one other family on our tour and they were from Taiwan. So it was it just was a really good experience of having almost this personal tour, but with this person who grew up on this land, whose family has been on this land, who left had to leave the land to come back to the land, like all of these things, this detailed history, spending two or three hours out with this this lady and talking about her her life and her childhood and how things used to be and how things have changed so much was so impactful. So that when I and I had been obviously Killers of the <laughs> um Killers of the Flower Moon had been filming and had been talked about and actually people were thinking it was going to get pushed back because of the strike so having that mindset in mind of like some of the feedback from the Osage people they was very mixed about the movie so I feel like that helped me when I did watch the movie to thoroughly understand a little bit of the perspective for the people who were pro the film um and the story because it is such a complicated history um I don't think and I again I do I agree that the story should have been told from her perspective a little bit different Lily Gladstone who is the main character the actress who plays the main character in the film does a phenomenal job um of of understanding I, I do think they could have said things from her perspective a little bit more but I understand the the fine balance in Hollywood of like filming and like Leonardo DiCaprio being your ticket winner and like the way that works and yeah you know Robert De Niro you can't have De Niro on a film and him not saying it. it's just the, the way Hollywood, but they definitely I would love if someone could take more of a different perspective I even would love a full detailed documentary I don't need right. films by the way like I just watch documentary I genuinely don't need a dramatized version of historical events like I'm fully good with you just doing a four hour documentary on that story we could see you know what like, yeah, I don't want to see, like, the embellished stuff. Like, I want to know, like, what actually, you know? Right, right. Which I typically do. With Which would say, like, like right, right as soon as, like, before the movie was over, Margot and I are sitting in our seats and John, and we're all, like, we'd already Googled a lot beforehand and tried to learn as much as we could, but we were, like, 
now diving into like specific things like, well, would that yeah. actually happen? Or like, what was the situation with it? Or so like, why did this character act this way? Like, what did the real person do? Yeah. So it was like a lot of that. Um, and I will say, I think as a person who grew up with a little bit from being so far away and growing up in a suburban area that was not have a very large, if any, like a hand, like, you know what I mean? Like maybe one to 10 indigenous people lived nearby when I was growing up. My family very much prioritize indigenous stories and history and thinking etc and so that was kind of a big part of my childhood it does not matter because if you don't go to the actual people and hear the stories themselves (laughs) uh, it does like it just doesn't matter like it it, truly if you would have been like do you understand most of the gist of some of the things that happened in Navajo Nation from this time this time period it could have been like from historical from as many books as I've read as much as I know I think I understand I go in the story and talk to this lady and there's, she talks to me about this one event that is so important <laughs> that no one has talked about that's not in any books. And it's really about this relocation of some Navajo people in Arizona to this internment camp in Texas. And I feel like I've never heard this story. I've never read about it. I've never talked about it. There's no movies about it. I tried to find a documentary about it. I couldn't find anything. So I thought it was, there's a very detailed Wikipedia page about it. So I'm sure... <laughs> through that um but just hearing this she told the story from her perspective and like what happened and how it impacted her family and the land and how they had to come back and why this one rock is important etc so there's a lot of different things that i just highly recommend as you travel again i continue to tell people to travel like locals and when i say travel like locals i also mean the indigenous people in the locations you're traveling with try to do business or see those people or figure out how you can support because they're very much in situations where the land was colonized or stolen. It's not just America. It's everywhere in the world, by the way. So I don't think this is a U.S. centric thought or thinking. Um, so yeah, I just encourage you as you have experiences in 2024 to, to kind of do that. But that's what we do. That's when we travel. And that's what I do. And I really value those experiences. And so I think I had a pretty good year in terms of trips and things that I got to do. Yay. Well, I would love to hear from y'all. What was your favorites this year for 2023? If there's like a movie or book that you're like, listen, you've got to make sure that you add this to the list. Or if there's an experience that you did, maybe a hobby you picked up, um, a class you took, I definitely want to take more classes in 2024. That's going to be like a big focus for me coming up next year. So yeah, let us know what your favorites were uh, for 2023 and what you're planning to do more of heading into the new year. Yes. See you later. Bye. Bye.